everybody, this is Michael Sweet of Striper, and you are listening to Sonic Perspective. Michael the Metal Angel, otherwise known as Metal Mayu, and I am speaking to the one and only Michael Sweet. A dream interview finally happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I must say, Michael, a number of years ago, I read your biography, and just the first page was just so honest and so forthright, and what I like to call M-E-T-T-L-E. Uh, you just talked about your love of music and your love of living life to the fullest, and I think you definitely wear your influences on your sleeve um after what almost a 40 year striper career yeah it's crazy i I mean i've I've always tried to live by that rule of just being open and honest you know good or bad um and i want i want people to know who i am and not you know deceive anyone and in the book that was that's what it was all about you know it was just being honest and uh forthright and I always said if I wrote a book, it had to be that way and no other way. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people really liked it. Some people were set back by it because, uh, you know, I I spoke about a lot of things that they may not have known about. and It might have surprised some people. But, man, it, it was a thrill to write it. I hope it inspired somebody. And I look forward to the next one. Oh, so you are working on a sequel to that book? <laughs> Yeah, I've been talking about it for quite a while uh, with Dave Rose, the co-author, and uh, we're definitely going to do a, a sequel for sure. It's just a matter of trying to fit it in the crazy schedule. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, and I've always appreciated all your covers, including the covering, where you just show that you just truly love metal and your favorite bands, whether it was uh, Iron Maiden or Judas Priest or UFO or Van Halen or Black Sabbath, and it was so cool to see you do the different variations of those covers, as as well as the Doobie Brothers um, or even Boston, which is one of my favorite covers you've, you've done. Um, and of course, I know you had a career with Boston. Um, and then recently, you also had a, uh, two, two albums with George Lynch, but I guess those... He he's also involved him so much. I guess those didn't really pan out as much as you were hoping, or yeah. I mean, they turned out great. You know, really really good albums. But it, I I feel like uh, they needed more attention. We needed to go out and tour and, and really devote some time to those albums, and we weren't able to do that. So because of that, I don't know if there's any need to do another one. Uh, you know, it may happen. The door may open, and, and George and I may do another album, and it would be great. But if we do, we've got to go out and tour. Absolutely. How how was it working with George? Since you're both exceptionally good guitarists, but you both have unique styles, how was it with like the songwriting process doing that? Well, George would send me um, song ideas, and then I would just kind of piece them together and arrange and, and complete what wasn't there. And uh, we were shy a few songs, so I wrote a couple songs on my own to fill in the gaps so we had enough material. Uh, and, you know, it worked out. It really did. On the second album, George sent me uh, more complete ideas. 
uh, I didn't have to do as much in terms of rearranging or, you know, trying to fill in the holes. But, uh, you know, it was great because George and I write very similar. He writes from the perspective of a vocalist. So a lot of his guitar melodies and his guitar parts and hooks are centered around the vocal. So it's real easy to come up with vocal melodies, you know, uh, based on the music, the music that he sent. Really, really easy. And I guess now he has the end machine, which is three members of Dokken and then the vocalist from Warrant. So I guess he's keeping busy as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had, they've had things going on and off over the years. I know that uh, Robert was singing for Lynch Mob years ago. So they've had that relationship and have, they have that history. Right. Um, I, I know I was asked by uh, Jeff and George to be the singer for, I guess, what was supposed to be the end machine, basically the docking lineup without Don. Right. And um, for whatever reason, it didn't work out, you know, and which is probably a good thing because I, I've just got so many things going on. I don't know how I could have done it if if uh, if it were to have worked out. Definitely, that would have been interesting to hear that. But it, I imagine when you've got your your hands in so many pies, it's so difficult. And I guess now with Striper, this is your fourth album for Frontiers. I guess five if you count the Second Coming and the live album. But I guess you must have a really good relationship working with Frontiers since they also did the uh, Sweet and Lynch albums and everything. We do. I mean, they're great people. They believe in what we're doing. And, you know, they put their money where their mouths are and they support what we're doing. And we're able to go in without compromise and make the albums that we want. Uh, and they, they put them out there and they do really well with them in terms of, uh, you know, getting the word out, marketing and uh, promoting and, and getting the buzz going. So we're very pleased, man. And we're going to do another album with them coming up. Wow. And then who knows how many more? <laughs> how many more you got in you? That's awesome. Yeah, and um, well, I, I, I hope we have at least another three or four albums in us. And I've even gone on record to say that no reason if we stay healthy, why we can't do another ten or eleven albums. That's phenomenal. That's very good. Filled with a lot of alacrity and motivation. Um, yeah. With goddamn evil, what exactly is the meaning behind that? I mean, it's obviously a play on goddamn evil, but what does that mean to you personally? Well, I mean, personally, it's it's a request. You know, it's us looking to the heavens and asking God to damn all the evil around us. Is that ever going to happen? No, because <laughs> we live in an evil world. We live, there's there's it's all around us, and God is a God of, of choice and, and free will. At least I believe that. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're puppets and he's the puppeteer and he's just pulling the strings. Um, so that's why we see things that happen on Earth and. Uh, and then we blame God for it usually, but it's not, it's not his fault. But anyway, that being said, it's a request. It's, it's asking God to damn evil and, you know, trying to break down that barrier that people have. Uh, and they, they put that, uh, you know, in a box of, you know, using those words together. Oh my gosh, it's blasphemous or it's sinful or it's this or it's that. But the meaning behind it is what makes it so or what not makes it so. And we just want that's why we push the envelope and we try to try to educate people and say, no, it's not the words. It's how they're used. Absolutely. And it almost seems like it's a perfect follow up from to hell with the devil. You know, when you came out with the hell with the devil is now, in other words, we're we're to hell with the devil. Now it's goddamn right. evil. It's almost like they're like bookends. It really is. And we've tried to come full circle, you know, from 1986 to 2019. We've tried to come full circle and, and get back to our roots without compromise. 
you know, and still retaining a little bit of a relevant, modern approach to the music, uh, but not completely walking away from our past. Uh, because, you know, people want to hear that big vocals and guitar harmony solos and, and all the things that Striper is known for. We don't want to abandon those things and walk away from them. Yeah, and it seems like you definitely, as I mentioned before, wear your influences on your sleeve from the beginning of Take It to the Cross with that heavy, heavy Sabbath-esque type riff to the last song about the devil, um, where it's like aggressive and heavy. But even in the middle with the valley, we walk beyond the shadow of death and everything it almost has the Metallica, wherever I may roam. It, it, you are definitely still showing that you guys are by far a metal band. And we are. We always have been. We've, we've been a metal band uh, from the very beginning. Our biggest influences are Priest and Maiden and Van Halen and uh, Ozzy and Scorpions and and you know, but we did some ballads and some stuff that was a little more commercial, with Calling on You and Honestly. and whatnot. So I think because of that stuff, uh, it, it kind of tagged us less metal, right? You know, but we're really we really are a metal band and always have been. And then these albums, most recent albums, are really proving that and stamping that into everyone's DNA that, hey, we're a metal band. Well, and Soldiers in a Command has some of the most amazing riffs ever that stand, you know, just stand the test of time, as does To Hell with the Devil. What is the uh, cover art symbolism of Goddamn Evil? It almost looks like a Greek or Roman god statue or something. Well, it's it's, it's supposed to uh, signify uh, and represent God just saying, all right, that's it. I'm coming back and he's throwing his staff down on earth in a, in a big city and to show kind of little bits and pieces of all the stuff that's going on, the darkness and the sin and all the craziness. And he's just saying, all right, I'm damn and evil. And it, you know, that staff is just being thrown down and the power of God, the anointing of God is just on fire. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, Oh man, how can you, how can you do that? God's not a God of wrath and this and that. Well, he is. You know, if you read the Bible and you you, you read some of these stories and you read about the future and, and, and what's to come, you know, God doesn't play around. And, uh, you know, so we wanted to represent that with the imagery for sure. Okay. Yeah, because the artwork is just amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. A guy named Stan Decker, he did the artwork for the last three albums. Uh, Nowhere Hell to Pay, Fallen. And goddamn evil, he's incredible. Yeah, all those covers have great artwork. Now, switching gears, uh, a couple months ago, we were all concerned and praying for Oz's health, given his brain tumor situation. But now he appears to be back on tour with you guys. Has he had a full recovery? Or you know what? They're keeping tabs on everything. They're keeping a close eye. He still has spots on his brain. Uh, he's on different medications, and they're just going to keep watching it. And uh, it was unfortunately not uh, something that was easily accessible. You know, they weren't able to go and biopsy and operate to really find out and, and see exactly what it was or what it is. But he's doing well. He's on a different diet. He's healthy. We're out touring and, you know, he's enjoying what he's doing. And we're blessed to have him. Amen. And uh, I imagine your fan base and all of us who appreciate what Striper's done for the past 40 years truly appreciate. Uh, and our prayers have probably helped, you know, bring his health back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without prayers, man. Prayers are everything. And, uh, you know, people support us through prayer and thought and uh, they're there for us daily. 
And I tell you, it gets us through a lot. It really does. Yeah, because when I would read when I would read on your website or in your emails or anything like that uh, about Oz's health, it, it just brought tears to our eyes because we're just like yeah. he's such a good man, and to have a you know this something this kind of affliction or something less happen. But that's good to know that you know he is recovering. And how is he as as far as playing live? Is he still able to p- perform well? Or he's he's able to do it, man. I mean, he's got to take take his time and, and, and pace himself and be cautious. Uh, moving too much and you know exerting himself too much, but other than that, he's fine. He's doing a great job. That's really good to hear. We'll be catching you guys this Friday in Cincinnati, and we are very excited to to see him um, and to see him, you know, play again because it's always great to have Oz in the band. And this will be Absolutely. our first time seeing Perry Richardson, formerly of Firehouse and Max Warrior, a great metal band. Um, how did you get Perry yeah. in the band? Oh man, you know, it's one of those things where our manager, co-manager, uh, brought up his name, and, and, and we had never really thought about, uh, you know, Perry. His name wasn't on the list, and but the minute his name was brought up, he was at the top of the list, and he was the guy. And we flew him out, and we fell in love with him as a person, uh, first and, and foremost, and 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 then we fell in love with his playing and his voice. Very talented guy, team player. We love him, and. Um, you know, we, we often wonder why we didn't meet him back in 84. Um, actually, we did meet him in 85 or 86. We have pictures of him with us, and it, which is odd. Uh, but, man, we just love Perry. He's such a good guy. And he's brought so much peace into the band. And, you know, we love his smile. It's infectious and such a talented guy. That's that's so good to hear. Um and yeah, I mean, Max Warrior, I mean, I, I like Firehouse, but hearing old Max Warrior and just the fact that the Firehouse vocalist and Perry were in a, a really true metal band in the early 80s, just as you guys were in Rock's regime at the time. Um, I listen to a lot of Christian metal, mostly 80s-based Christian metal, and it's really cool to see that a lot of this stuff is coming back that's been out of print and hard to find for so long. How do you feel that the the Christian metal scene has is like has a, like a resurgence now or... Well, uh, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I don't really keep tabs on the Christian metal scene. Okay. I've always found that to be uh, a very odd tag. I, I've never really understood the Christian versus non-Christian metal. I mean, metal right. is metal. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I just, you know, it's always been a little disturbing to me to have this term Christian metal because it, you're either a metal band or you're not. If you're comprised of Christians and you're Christian guys, then you're Christian, but it, you're still a rock band, right. you know? Uh, and I just feel like it limits what we're trying to do. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if there's a resurgence. You would know a lot more in, uh, about that than me. Uh, maybe there is. I have no clue. Okay. That, yeah, it seems to be, especially for us old school people who prefer vinyl and cassettes and CDs, uh, a lot of the stuff that's from the 80s, a lot of these bands that have, you know, not had been active for a long time um, are putting their product out and are reforming, and it's good to see that. And yeah, they were good quality metal bands. I think, kind of like the Bible says, I become all things to all people, so I might win some for the Lord. I think it's a lot of these bands, whether it was Saint trying to sound like Judas Priest or White Cross trying to sound like Rat, 
or Baron right. Cross trying to sound like Iron Maiden. I think they were all trying to match this certain style so they could actually bring people to, you know, to them. But in the end, you're right. They're either metal or they're not, or they're rock. But, you know, last time I saw you guys was on the hell with the devil tour and it was Petra and my God, what an honor to see, you know, Petra, you know, right. the, the four, the, the, the forefathers of hard rock and heavy metal. I still think Striper is the band that actually brought heavy metal and Christian metal as, as, as like, something people wanted to look into and it's interesting because of all things michael uh back when i was living in california as a young kid i read about striper in playboy magazine in 1983 and that's how i discovered striper reading in playboy magazine they were talking about this la band (laughs) throwing bibles we we got a lot of press back then from a, a lot of different outlets and i remember that playboy and you know we were in time and us and Number of spin, obviously, and uh, gosh, man, it, it was just crazy back then. All the doors that were opening, and uh, you know, God's favor upon the band, and uh, the way we were able to, for whatever reason, reach all these people that might not have been reached was pretty awesome. Definitely, definitely, and you know, and you've done you know so good in what you've done, even outside of Striper. Apparently, I, I was surprised when I looked it up how many solo albums. I thought I had all your solo albums, but not even close. How many solo <laughs> albums have you done? Well, I've got I've got a new one coming out called Ten, wow. and it's my tenth. Yeah, I was gonna say. And, yeah. uh, it's really killer, man. It's got a different guitar player on every song. Oh, okay. Can't wait for people to hear it because it's it's a metal album, for sure. A little different than Striper, but you know it's got similarities. And uh, man, I I just I'm so excited for people to hear it. Can't wait. Yeah, your last solo album was really good. Um, will that be on Frontiers as well? Because the last one was on Rat Pack Records. The last one was on Rat Pack. This one will be on Rat Pack as well. Okay. And this is a perfect follow-up to the last album. So it's it's in the same shed, you know? It's in the same, the same ballpark, so to speak. Who are some of the guest musicians you got to work with? I've got Jeff Loomis, Gus G, Andy James, Joel Hoekstra, Tracy Guns. Wow. Mike Kerr, Marzi Montazari, uh, Howie Simon, uh, Will Hunt on drums. I've got uh, uh, Todd Latore doing a duet with me on a track. Really? Uh, Ian Raposa. Yeah, a bunch of people. That's awesome. So you got the singer it's from really Queensryche, cool, you got the guitarist. That's awesome. That's really cool to yeah. hear that. Yeah, that I does. I, I'm so excited for that to come out. First song will probably uh, come out sometime around July. The album will come out in September. Okay. Oh, wow. That is really good news. That is something I was not aware of, and that does sound very promising. Yeah, you yeah, are man. a very busy man. <laughs> I try to be. I want to be, you know? Get it all in as much as I can while I can. Now, is it your... Uh, I, Elena seems to be the one that's doing all the press for me. Is that your daughter who is doing that? That is. I thought that's so. Our, I, my wife is managing, and my daughter is doing a lot of press. It, it's a family... Uh, a family ordeal, you know, and we love it because everybody has a passion for it. Obviously, you trust everybody and they just love what they're doing and they, they give it 110%. It's incredible. That's awesome. And when we saw you on the Murder by Pride tour, I believe your son's band was opening. Absolutely. Mikey is involved at, from time to time. He's got a family and he's busy, but we're trying to get him more involved, you know. That is so cool that you keep it in the family and have the family oh, work yeah. like that. 
That is so cool. So basically, to wrap it up, you have a sequel coming out for your book. You have a brand new solo album coming out. You have a, a, a very successful tour that's happening. That's just like you are a very busy man, yet you are still, you know, keeping it metal, keeping it real. Man, again, I, I love what I do. And every day that I have, every opportunity that I have is a blessing. And I like to take those opportunities and go through those doors, walk through those doors, because that day may come when I can't do it. You know, like today, I can't sing to save my life today. But I better I better uh, get over it so I can sing for you guys in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, we look we look forward to it. Yeah, one thing awesome, I found brother. one thing I found so awesome in your book was to find out that you were the not just a lyricist but like the chief songwriter of so many things that I actually thought maybe Oz himself had composed. So it's just so cool to see your your your, your multi talent. Now, in closing, we always ask you to pick a song from the most recent album that you would like us to play. Ending this interview, what would you choose from Goddamn Evil for us to play for you? I'm gonna choose a beat. Uh, 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 a deep track B-side. Uh, it's a song called You Don't Even Know Me. You Don't Even Know Me. Okay. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. Amen. All right. We'll definitely play that. Well, Michael, it's been such an honor and a privilege to speak to you. And thank you for elucidating so many wonderful things and fulfilling a fan's little... <laughs> hey, brother. God bless you, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I'm glad it worked out. I can't wait to see it and, and to meet you. In person. Yeah, I think your your daughter has us after show passes or something like that. So, yeah, we look forward to meeting you as well. Perfect. Awesome. All right, you take care. God bless. All right, my friend. God bless you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Your night.